You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What happens when a suicidal wolfman meets a homicidal monster? Hey guys, welcome to the SG Drive-In, part of our Halloween series 2023. This year we're doing the year of sequels, reviewing sequels of Halloween movies. And today we're talking about the sequel of Wolfman, Wolfman meets Frankenstein. Hey guys, this is, again, Systematic Ecology. We're the Priest of the Geeks. I'm Joshua Knoll, your host, here with a guest host, former host of the show, Brandon Knight. And we're going to jump right into this conversation. Since this is a drive-in, we want to just jump in and talk about the movie. And uh, yeah, so first things first, Brandon, imagine, nice fall night, early mm-hmm. October, we pull up to the drive-in. For some reason, they play Wolfman meets Frankenstein. <laughs> what is the first thing? The movie ends. We're in the car together. You look over me and you say what? I thought this movie was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I assumed it was the other way around because I, I just because it's really more of a Wolfman movie. Well, there's a reason for that. Um it's because this is indeed a sequel, the sequel to The Wolfman, but because shared universes and cinematic universes were not original to Marvel, this is actually installment number five in the Frankenstein series as well. So yeah. it both. It's a both and. It's it's a sequel and part five, whatever you call that in movie lingo. Um so I would I would say that first. Of, <laughs> wait, I thought this was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, um, but I probably would just uh, smile and sigh happily towards you as this <laughs> film gets started because I I do really like this movie. It's one of my favorite sequels of the Universal Monster era of films. Um, there's a lot of stinkers in there. It's a lot of a lot of dud <laughs> sequels. This is this is one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, I um. I don't I don't know what the first thing I say I said would be. I <laughs> I think honestly, if I'm just going like genuinely, if this was my first reaction, I'd probably say something about how frustrated I was that there wasn't more Frankenstein. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You yeah, like, like you like, like yourself a lot of Frankenstein. I was like, this is uh this was felt more like it was just a Wolfman movie and they just kind of added Frankenstein at the end. Like, yeah, we'll we'll plug him in here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it does kind of get he does get more shoehorned in Frankenstein yeah. does. It's very logical. I like the logical progression the story does take um, because obviously it's a horror movie. You don't need logic. That's just how the genre works most of the time. Um, how is Jason still alive? I don't know. Some. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does. Definitely. It's definitely more a Wolfman movie. And then Frankenstein gets added in later. I'm curious if maybe Frankenstein was just more marketable than yeah. the Wolfman at that point. Um, even though I I prefer the Wolfman over the two. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I could see that kind of like you just kind of throw Iron Man in a movie so people will go see it. <laughs> you know, yeah, fine. yeah. Doctor Strange. They just kind of like, OK, he's in this one now. There you go. Yep. Um, yeah. So let's do some preliminary questions before we talk about like the plot. Sure. We we mentioned horror, and I think that a lot of people would watch this. And be, what do you? This isn't a horror movie, <laughs> you know? Because I think sure. a lot of people think horror is just 
means scary. Scary films are horror movies and horror movies are scary films. And there is sure. no difference. Um, as someone who is slightly more educated on it and watches these movies a little bit more than maybe yeah. some others, how would you make the distinction? Why is this a horror movie? And is there a difference between horror and scary films? I don't know. Maybe a more bougie uh, film person could maybe make that distinction between a scary yeah. movie and a <laughs> horror movie. It's kind of like the classic debate. Well, I guess I shouldn't say classic. It's kind of a newer debate of is our high is high level horror or art house horror. Is that a yeah. separate genre or is that, you know, is this yeah. because horror movies all kind of deal with, I guess I shouldn't say all most horror films, or at least the ones who get recycled as classics, deal with high-level things. They deal with issues of uh, life and morality and meaning and existence. I, I would argue that the horror genre, more than almost any other genre of movies and literature, is the most thought-provoking. Yeah, Sci-fi might be the only exception. Um, but yeah, I think... I think this genre really does lend itself to deep thinking, even though you would not assume that as you watch Michael Myers stab somebody like you might just be grossed out by that. I'm sure there's listeners out there of <laughs> yeah. SG who may be avoiding this series because some Christians have a very hard time with the concept of horror. Um, but I th personally think that horror, whether it's, art house or otherwise it is very thought provoking and it gets you questioning things um as to the scariness aspect of this i would say this is a horror movie broadly speaking because it is dealing with two of the originals you know you have frankenstein and the wolfman these are two pillars of the horror genre plus even though maybe for us as modern modern watchers mm -hmm. modern viewers it's not scary and the practical effects are very practical to the point yeah. where you can see the strings at times. <laughs> but as to the charm, it does add to the charm, in my opinion. But for me, if you can get past the now cheesiness and mm -hmm. low grade horror of it, there is a man who on a full moon turns into a wolf. He can't control it and he will tear apart anybody who he comes across. That mm -hmm. is scary. And he also can't die. Yeah. There's also a monster who was sewn <laughs> together, but from dead decomposing body parts. And Dr. Frankenstein, Victor von Frankenstein was able to do the impossible and bring life to a corpse saying yeah. the infamous line that got deleted from the original Frankenstein <laughs> of now I know what it's like to be of God or something like that. That's terrifying. The modern Prometheus, like these things are actually scary when you stop mm -hmm. to think about it. We just don't. It's just, you know, fun black and white movie. Yeah, I am. Um, again, I am no film critic. I don't actually know the differences between these terms, but I've always thought of like scary, like Jurassic Park can be scary if you're young enough, right? Or if they did sure. it differently, things jumping out can't scare me. Yeah, I think. Horror to me is more like a conceptual thing. The the idea okay. of someone just being able to make a monster that cannot die, that's just a killing machine. Sure. That is a horrifying idea, whether or not it's scary. So I think like, yeah. that's just kind of how I've made that separation in my head. 
That is true, because there are movies that are scary that people would would not necessarily label as a horror film, although some people would. Jaws is a good example of that. I don't think Jaws is a horror movie. It's not. Jaws is a summertime flick, you know, but it is scary. It's got scary moments. Same with Alien. Alien is a long debated. Is that a horror movie? Um, I've recently changed my mind on that one. Okay, what did you change it to? And this go- this goes back to you were talking about the sci-fi thing too, and I was going to bring this mm. up. Sci-fi movies tend to focus on how we treat the other, you know, whether it's how mm. aliens treat us if they come here, or how we go to other planets, how we view the other, how we treat the other. Mm-hmm. Horror typically challenges us, and we're going to get to this later. But like Frankenstein was the creator of a monster, and it's more of a the horrifying thing was just creating for the sake of creating like are we just doing science Mm -hmm. like it's challenging how we think of ourselves and are we the real monster in the story wolfman is this idea of hating who you are so much that you just want to die but Mm -hmm. you can't and it's more of like inward as opposed to sci-fi being more outward focusing okay and when i think of alien it's not really challenging us to treat the other any differently or how they treat us it is more I think maybe it's just thriller, but it's it's not quite horror either because it doesn't make mm-hmm. us think of ourselves. You're not really focusing inward or outward. You're just kind of being scared. <laughs> True. It's more of like a thriller action movie than anything. Yeah, and whether thriller falls into this category can also be debated. There's examples, you know, Rear Window, Disturbia, of movies where you're kind of on your edge of your seat and you're a little bit scared even. But yeah, Alien is a... I don't know necessarily where I would throw Alien down at. Other than that's just creepy. Xenomorphs are creepy. Yeah, yeah. it can be creepy. We'll go with that. (laughs) Um, this uh, pseudo film critics side side tangents <laughs> over. We're gonna move on. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to get to like our history with this. Why we why we picked this and um, what our histories with these films are. Ironically, I, I don't know how many listeners are gonna believe this. Um, this wasn't just my excuse to find a way to squeeze a Frankenstein movie in here. Because <laughs> last year I told everybody Frankenstein's my favorite. Like of okay. all monsters, I love Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. Um, which Frankenstein himself calls Frankenstein. So I feel like there's some justification for calling Frankenstein's <laughs> monster Frankenstein. Um, anyway, the <laughs> um, and Frankenstein's a last name. It was like his son. So, you know, it passes on. It's fine. <laughs> the, sure. <laughs> but last year I did The Bride of Frankenstein, which is the proper mm. sequel to the Frankenstein Universal movie. And this year, Brandon chose... I asked you if you if you could choose an old Universal movie. You chose Wolfman Freaks Frankenstein, and I didn't hesitate because I was like, heck yeah, I could talk about Frankenstein. Like you mentioned, it's the fifth movie in the Frankenstein series, so it's not really a sequel. But it is the sequel to The Wolfman. It <laughs> so is. I lucked out. There was a loophole that Brandon <laughs> unknowingly created for me. You're welcome. Bride yeah. of Frankenstein is also a good one. I know it's I mentioned earlier there's a lot of rough ones, but that is that is a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> of all, we know you love the universal monster. Whenever mm-hmm. we had uh, your avatar on the logo, it was Invisible Man from the old Universal Monster mm-hmm. movies. Why? Why Wolfman? Why didn't you do the sequel to Invisible Man? Because <laughs> that one's rough. Um, <laughs> so the Invisible Man starring Claude Rains is my favorite horror film of all time. 
And maybe on a different day, we can talk about that. Yes. Um, <laughs> the reason why I chose this one is because although that one is my favorite uh, horror film, the Wolfman series, which is five films, uh, all of them starring Lon Chaney Jr., which is very unique. Usually wow. these people got rotated in and out of the different monsters. Yeah. Lon Chaney played the Wolfman in all five films. Um I think the Wolfman has one of the best character arcs in an era and genre where that didn't really matter. That was not something on most people's minds. Um, <laughs> because you start in the Wolfman with Lon Chaney as kind of a like Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark like character, just kind of like this womanizing rich dude doing whatever he wants. He gets the curse. And now his life is completely different for all the wrong reasons, for very bad reasons. You get into yeah. this, ep you get into this installment. And as you've alluded to, and I'm sure we'll talk about some more, he goes through like the suicidal phase of he does mm -hmm. not want to be alive. He wants to be dead because he sees his curse as nothing but a curse. It is just mm -hmm. pure evil. Over in the course of the next three films, House, um, I think it's House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, and then Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Over the course of these next few films, he continues this journey, getting to a point where, yes, he does wish he doesn't have this curse anymore, but he basically becomes like the anti-hero of all the monsters. Dracula mm -hmm. always maintains this position of being like the ultimate evil of the Universal Monsters. In Poor mm -hmm. Frankenstein, he's often used as like, the living weapon like i'm going to resurrect frankenstein's monster to do a horrible thing the wolfman is the one that is chosen by the people the writers to go on this actual journey to get to a point where he's the one trying to battle against the other monsters to prevent dracula from using the the frankenstein's monster for evil and yeah so that's that's part of the reason why i this is my favorite arc i would say and why i chose this one yeah, I um, Yeah, man, that that changes my perspective a little bit because <laughs> I'm primarily Frankenstein and I'll watch some of the other sure. movies, but I don't think I've seen them all together. I, okay. I feel like I'm, I'm sort of like the I'm like the Iron Man fan, like that watches the MCU movies, but really only the ones with Iron Man in it. I feel like that's kind of what I did here. <laughs> so I can't say <laughs> I'm a universal monster movie fan, really, because I'm. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man, it, it, it was thinking of like. You picked this movie and I was just happy because I was like, oh, yeah, Frankenstein. <laughs> I think Frankenstein has the opposite arc of Wolfman almost. Where like the first movie, he wants to be his own creature kind of thing. You kind of get this kind of idea that Frankenstein wants to be more than just a monster. Frankenstein's monster wants mm -hmm. to be more than that. But he was created and kind of subject to his surroundings and just kind of a victim of circumstance. And the second movie he actually has the ability to talk and it's like they started building him into something. And then the third movie comes along and all of a sudden he's just kind of this thing, you know, um, mm -hmm. the son of Frankenstein starts trying to do stuff. Igor comes back, wants his revenge, tries to like transplant his brain in the fourth movie into Frankenstein or something. Oh yeah. Like, like all kinds of weird stuff. And it's like, he went from maybe he has his own autonomy to nope. He's just a plot device now. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. And especially when you get into House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula and Abbott and Costello meets the Wolfman, like these are in these movies, he's just he is there to be used. 
He is he yeah. is an object more than a character, even. And you're you're right. I've never really thought about it before, but you're right. You kind of get this starting of like, oh, maybe he's going to become his own person. He's going to become a real boy like Pinocchio. But <laughs> um, but no, he, he it's actually like a downward spiral for the for the monster. That's interesting. Yeah. What's funny. So I want to talk about like our own history with these. And I know you've always liked these. Yeah. So I'm going to let yeah. you go next. Mine, mine's pretty quick. I love the Frank. Some I like older literature sometimes. Gotcha. And one of the older literature that I really loved was Frankenstein. Mm. And I enjoyed the story. So I watched the movie. It was wildly different. So I didn't watch the other movies at first because I was like, oh, that was dumb. And then later I've come to appreciate it as just something different than the book. And then I see all the sequels and I'm like, okay, so this is why they did it different because they can make their own universe and kind of build out. And I've come mm-hmm. to appreciate it more over the years. Um, mostly I like Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, but there are a few others. I like the original Wolfman. Um, I actually do appreciate, uh, was it, is it, you said it was Abbott and Costello meets the Wolfman. I can never remember yeah. the name of them. I just remember like, that's the one where they're like, you have basically everybody shows up at one point, right? Yes. I think the yeah, only universal fun. monster that never shows up because House of Frankenstein and House and Dracula are also like Avenger films where they're all together. Yeah. I think it's the creature from the Black Lagoon is the only one who never crosses over. But I think that one's a Weird. much later series, too. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what about you? What got you into these movies? I know you weren't around when these first released, I don't think. So <laughs> time traveler. <laughs> yeah. Allow me to introduce you to a geek subgenre that we have here in Chicagoland known as Sven Gulli. So Sven Gulli is a horror host, much like Elvira, who has been on local TV since the 70s. Local channels, channel WCIU, The U, Channel 26, uh, Fox 32. And every Saturday night, Sven Gulli shows you a horror film. And in between commercial breaks, does little like dry pun dad joke kind of comedy in between ad breaks. Um, the show moved to MeTV back in, oh, it's probably been like a little over 10 years now. And when it, that happened, MeTV went nationwide. So now all across the United States, if you have MeTV on Saturday nights, you can tune in for Super Sci-Fi Saturday nights and check out Star Trek, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then later in the evening, you get a Sven Gulli movie. And I, I uh, <laughs> right this month is Boo... Bonanza, I think is what they're calling it. Um, so it's like everything is like scary right now over on MeTV on the weekends. And um, yeah, like I That's said, if you have if if you have the channel, you can check <laughs> it out. But this has been like a long running, um, a long running geek subgenre here in Chicago land in Northwest Indiana. I mean, I've watched it almost every single <laughs> Saturday night throughout my childhood. And oh wow, early on, it was more so like the real crap horror films that are so bad they're funny type of movies but about 10 years ago or so they got a distribution rights from universal to be able to show these classic movies which is when i started getting to watch a bunch of them and uh yeah i mean i've met him twice i've met him twice (laughs) one time at the most midwestern place you can be white castles uh my son had my my parents bought my son no nuance got him a onesie official chicken thrower in training and if you want to know what that means you gotta go check out Sven it's just a lot of fun (laughs) all right 
You didn't. You had no idea that any of that was going to happen. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be. My dad owned the film. We watched the film. Nope. Nope. I'm a part of a subgenre. I love it. I love it. Oh man! So leading up to this movie, um, we mentioned this is the fifth in the Frankenstein. Kind of did a little bit of his, but you know, Frankenstein's monster or Frankenstein. um, He was created by Doctor Frankenstein. Kind of wanted to just prove that he could create life on his own. He did. He was the real monster of the film, not Frankenstein's monster. Just want to like, whatever. The monster was just trying to exist. Everybody got terrified and they reacted and people reacted to other people reacting. It was a whole to do. But a lot of it is kind of reflecting on, are we the monster or is our fear the monster? Was there anything to be afraid of in the first place? Mm-hmm. Was Frankenstein's monster actually just a creature that was trying to figure out what it meant to be alive? <laughs> right. And you get a little bit more of that in the second one, The Bride of Frankenstein, where they decided to make another monster because that was smart. Um, <laughs> Frankenstein was lonely. Yeah. You know, we're just continuing the whole Genesis narrative thing. Yeah. Then they have the son of Frankenstein, which is confusing for some people because it was son of Dr. Frankenstein, not son of the monster. They didn't make a third monster for this one. Um, but Igor tries to get his revenge either in this one or the fourth one, which I don't remember. That one's Ghost of Frankenstein. Anyway, Igor so, yeah. starts playing a big role in the fourth and fifth movies when it's like all about him trying to get revenge. He was Dr. Frankenstein's assistant, and now he's doing some weird stuff. And that's when Frankenstein kind of just kind of becomes a plot device, like we mentioned earlier. Going into this film, he's actually frozen underneath the um, – what's it called? It's not called a castle. Catacombs? It's like catacombs? the it's like the catacombs under the castle, yeah, the mausoleum yeah. or something underneath the castle, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the monster's frozen there. Um, before this, you mentioned kind of the plot. Um, his name is Albert, right? Larry Tal- Talbot. 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 Okay, yeah, yes. yeah. He womanizer all the stuff. He ends up trying to kill a werewolf. Does kill the werewolf, which is confusing because werewolves apparently can't be killed. Uh, anyway. <laughs> In doing the killing, he becomes the Wolfman whenever the full moon shines on him. He dies at the end of that film. Four years later is when this movie takes over at his gravesite. Brandon, would you care to give the plot of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman? Sure. So, you know, horror movies, much like superhero movies and other and pro wrestling. If you think about it for 30 seconds, it will stop making sense, especially with these older ones. (laughs) So basically... Werewolves can't be killed unless they are struck by a pure silver or if their dead corpse is apparently in the way of the moonlight, because that's how this movie opens with some grave robbers trying to get whatever they can out of Larry Talbot's grave. Instead, the full moon shines on his four year corpse and resurrects him. He's then taken to a hospital. Nobody believes him that he is who he says he is. All the while, he keeps turning into the Wolfman and killing people in town. Eventually, he does end up in Dutchland or wherever Frankenstein's <laughs> castle is. I I actually yeah, don't remember somewhere. that part. But it's it's like he's like in the Dutch area. Frankenstein's monster's Dutch. Yeah. Just let that sit in for a second. Um he ends up up there more so on the run than he is trying to find something. But when he realizes what he has discovered, because somehow he knows this has never been established mm-hmm. that he knows who the Frankenstein monster is or Victor von Frankenstein. Um, again, stop thinking about it. 
<laughs> when he realizes that he has discovered, rediscovered the Frankenstein monster, the wheels start turning because he just wants to be dead. He doesn't want to bring terror to these people anymore. So his theory is if Frankenstein can figure out how to raise a body, surely to goodness he can figure out how to kill a body as well. And so they're going to do this big transform, transformation moment where they're going to take the life of Larry Talbot and put it into the Frankenstein monster. So that way Larry will be dead. And guess what? It doesn't work. And you get a little showdown (laughs) instead between Frankenstein and the Wolfman. And that's our movie. Yeah. (laughs) There's a little bit of a a love interest thing going on there. And a lot of super dramatic uh, Larry Talbot talking about how he wants to be dead he kind of goes from like tony stark to more of like bruce wayne brooding in this movie but that's yeah which i mean understandable dying for four years could do sure yeah i uh, (laughs) yeah i am so this is a personal opinion part of why we're doing the sequels i think monster and horror films might be one of the few genres where sequels have true potential to be better than the original okay because i actually do think it's scarier when you're thinking of a monster that has come back and you don't know how sure. it's come back. Like it was dead. And that happens a lot in horror films, you know, and it's like, yes. Oh, this, this should be dead. And somehow it not being dead raises the fear factor. Um, even though these really aren't scary because, you know, like we said, very practical effects, but <laughs> right. just conceptually this one, he gets to play a little bit more around with this idea of not just like hating himself, but hating himself and not being able to escape death. And like you said, like it kind of conceptually ties in with this idea of, being able to play God, to choose what lives and what does not live, mm-hmm. which turns out humans can't do that anyway. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was interesting seeing the movie focus around someone who really just wants to die. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it is strange to say the least. And you're right when it comes to these kind of sequels. I know I, I made the joke. Don't think about it too long, but it is. <laughs> This does give room. These kind of films do give room for, okay, so how do we bring them back this time? You know, <laughs> or like I recently watched, I rewatched the original Halloween, which is a fantastic movie, but it is one of those films where you kind of have to lose the idea that Michael Myers is actually a person and is more so as he is billed in the, in the uh, scroll at the end, the shape, oh. <laughs> because He's getting stabbed and shot and falls out a window repeatedly in this movie. (laughs) And he gets up and walks away before the end of the film. Like, it's just the monsters do work better for that kind of like. And he he's just frozen. Don't worry about it. He's frozen right now. (laughs) He's fine. He'll be back. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) God, that's why I love I love monster sequels for that. And that's. I think it's done really well here, too, because it's different. It's not just, oh, the monster's back. It's the monster's back. It really doesn't want to be back. Yeah, even he's like, why are why are you trying to make more money off of me, movie executives? <laughs> but yeah, he. it is very different to have a character who is so suicidal. Yeah. Like, that would not... I don't know if you can do that. Yeah. Today, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think you could do that. He is like, I hate it is. It is every existential worst nightmare of I hate my life and there's nothing I can do about it. 
Yeah, it's I cannot change my tries. fate. <laughs> he tries. He's gonna keep trying too in the next couple movies, but yeah. it's yeah, it's dark. Yeah. Like I said, that's part of the reason why you kind of have to work past the fact that it's practical effects, it's black and white, and actually think about the plots of these movies. They can mm-hmm. get pretty dark. Yeah. Would you say this is the ultimate Calvinist movie? He's not in charge of his own fate and his very existence it proves that total depravity exists so far <laughs> oh man he does anyway. get redeemed too and it's limited he's the only monster that kind of turns oh, good by the true. end of the series yeah he is he is the calvinist monster yeah wolfman is the calvinist monster and with that <laughs> oh man and certain other I, theologians I, anyway i do want to ask you though how does that message of kind of being scared of the evil within ourselves conflict with the message of like we create our own monsters or how do they like mesh because you know that's kind of wolfman's thing is scared of the evil within me Mm -hmm. the frankenstein movies things has been up to this point more of a scared of what we can do sure how do these you know how do they play off each other like theme wise thematically Mm -hmm. well scared of who we are on the inside like i mean that one resonates more with me at least of just my own mental health journey and other issues in my life just the fear of your own evil potential like that that clicks with me way more than look what we could do you know Mm. i do feel like though the look what we could do kind of conversations those are the more common ones i mean just as a simple example this is more sci-fi but just all of a sudden now AI is everywhere and we all have access to it. Like, hello, are we going to stop and think about this for five seconds before Terminators show up? Like, <laughs> I get that. I think it's it's ironic because it's I think that might be why I connect so much with Frankenstein's monster. OK, is because like these stories of like what evil are we care like? And I think part of this because I'm I know that I am the arrogant person where if I could just create something to show everyone that I created it. I don't know if I would not do it. <laughs> you know, part of it's like, I want to show everybody, look what I've made. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also just kind of, and this is where I get like really bogged down in my own thinking. This is kind of transparent for podcasts, I guess, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I really trap myself sometimes if I think too long because I'm like, okay, I'm friends with this person. And now I have this information about them and I know their insecurities. So now every single thing I say, I could be unintentionally manipulating them. And I'm like constantly afraid that I am somehow manipulating people when I'm subconsciously or something or like, I'm, you know, you know what I mean? Like I'm always mm-hmm. afraid that I'm using stuff because I know it. And it's almost mm-hmm. like I intentionally sometimes become distant from people because I'm so scared that I'm doing this stuff subconsciously because of, again, I guess that goes back to the evil within me, but I'm more of like mm-hmm. a, am I the bad guy? And if so, should I, cut myself out from people but then sometimes it circles back around to maybe cutting myself out from people also is bad (laughs) so just cycle myself into a every option is wrong (laughs) every option is it me am i the drama um (laughs) yeah i get that like i think and i think that speaks to the fact about how these themes do play off of each other of it's not necessarily one or the other. It could very easily be both in in a real world kind of scenario. Because even you talked about how in the original Frankenstein, it's Dr. Frankenstein who is the real monster. And although he is 
doing something, this comes from him. You know, Mm -hmm. he is doing something. He is feeding an internal thing through his creation here. And the only difference is that he sees it as a good thing. Whereas with Larry Talbot turning into the Wolfman, he has this internal thing that becomes an external action that he absolutely hates and does not want to do. Mm. Wolfman also is the embodiment of that. uh, The verse of Paul, he's like, I do what I do not want to do. And I don't do the things that I wish I did. (laughs) I mean, the Calvinist joke from earlier aside, you know, I think that is very accurate of especially here early on. Is like he is that moment of Paul of like, I'm doing these things. I do not want to do them. But there's like it's almost like I have no control, you know, man. And this is where we're going to verge on being like too evangelical for this podcast. But here we go. <laughs> Brandon Knight, what is what is the answer? Like, what if if I see this in myself of this, like, maybe I have this evil I hate within me and I do things that I don't want to do or maybe going back to my thing with Frankenstein earlier that I'm just so afraid that I'm the bad guy in my relationships. I'm scared to have relationships. Mm-hmm. How do we answer the evil within ourselves? Cause even after we're Christian, this is where I'm going to throw it out. Cause I don't want to do the easy, Oh, fine. Jesus answer. Cause even after we're Christian, I still have those fears. I still have those. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Cause I know lots of people who were Christians that, that were the bad guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would say without just going to the Jesus answer, it's still kind of a Jesus answer, but it's a little bit more thought out. Yeah. Um, so we brought up this passage from Paul in Romans. I can't remember if it's the same chapter or not, but Paul does conclude. It's one of the big crescendos within the book of Romans is thanks be to God for Christ Jesus of just like this moment of declaration of I know the sin that I was in. I know the desires that I have now. Thanks be to God for Christ Jesus. And I think it's a hard place to get to for sure. And it's not just saying I uh, thanks Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Woohoo. You know, I'm not trying to do that, but it's very like that is Paul's solution. That is where Paul gets to is Thank God for Christ Jesus, trying to realize what we do have in Christ Jesus, at least as the starting place. You know, when it comes to recognizing the evil, though, inside of us, like it's hard. You know, I don't want to downplay that because I I live in it a lot just with my own mental health and existentialism um, because it's just part of the brand. (laughs) Yeah, that was an insensitive joke, but also uh, it's part of my life. Um, So I would say going to that second part of like, I'm I'm afraid of community, essentially, is what you're saying here. I would I would almost argue that the idea of being afraid of being in community is the reason to be in community. If you're having those thoughts of I cannot be accepted for who I am or I am scared how I am going to treat other people for how how God has set up this system that we have known as Christianity. Community is not an, is a non-negotiable. This is a part of it. And again, it's hard and it's, it's tricky. And I get it. If you're going to be that, if you're that person who's like, I don't know if I can trust myself around other people, but take it slow, you know, show, show some grace for yourself. You don't have to go all in all at mm-hmm. once. You may not be able to ever go all in, but we we are to be in community. So take it slow. Let uh 
ease yourself into the water and don't, mm-hmm. don't expect too much out of yourself. Give yourself some grace because we don't, <laughs> we don't give ourselves grace, even though in either situation, this is, this is a me thing. Yeah, man, some Christian therapy with our monster movies pair perfectly together. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I needed that. And I, yeah, I don't want to say I agree because I feel like th- this got really personal. Everybody just got to listen. And I'm like, no, I, I needed that, Brandon. Thank you. Well, um, I needed it too because I'm having issues uh, with my own home church, actually. Um, and part of the, the healing process has been I still need to be there yeah. and look for the good. And yeah. good is subjective. I understand that. But yeah. that's been part say, of my process. Um so for all the non-Christians listening, I would say God provides a way. Um, sometimes things do happen for people overnight. I've heard those testimonies. and I don't want to belittle them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it is little by little. You know, I found myself, you know, I mentioned my fears and things I struggle with on this episode and they're better now than they used to be. They're still there though. And I think, you know, as I spend time with God and do some of the spiritual practices stuff, it gets better. Um, I, I like that answer. Look for the good. I would say as Christians, look for the good in God in one another mm-hmm. and in yourself. I know that that's a hard one, but um, mm-hmm. this is a uh, love others as you love yourself and implies that you love yourself. So yeah, got to work on that sometimes. <laughs> you do have to work on that sometimes. Hey, look, I think we idolize this, but there's nothing inherently evil with self care. Take a break. Yes. Like, yeah, go read a book in a cozy corner and relax or whatever that looks like for somebody. Yeah, man. And before I start speaking on tongues on the episode, we're going to transition to, sorry. I've gotten a a lot of interesting comments before. After I've got done preaching, I'm just going to add that one on the list. (laughs) Yeah. Different one. Brandon has that list. TJ has a list of my wrong opinions. Um, If you want either, (laughs) go to our Patreon. (laughs) I don't think you'll get either of them, but you know, you might. (laughs) Hey, if you want a Patreon episode of all the weird things people have said to me after I've preached, that might be more of a whole church thing. But yeah, Yeah, we can do that sometime. (laughs) Yeah. One of the NSL shows. It's fine. (laughs) If you're enjoying our... um, our series, make sure you go to the show notes down below. We have a playlist of all of the sequel drive-ins we've done so far. But Brandon, if you're enjoying a fall drive-in with me, it's cold mm-hmm. outside a little bit. We have to have our windows cracked because we have little speakers inside the car. Oh yeah. What hot beverage are you enjoying during the film? During this film particularly? Oh, like a themed beverage? Yeah. Uh I mean, it's a little early in the season, but this does sound like uh what do you call that? The hot German wine. Um, I can't think of what it's called what right it's now. Called. That stuff's good, though. Yeah. I, I, oh, so it's not, I must be driving. So <laughs> You're driving. You're driving. Um, man, I can't think of what that stuff's called right That's now. But one, it's though. usually more of like a Christmas time drink. Um, I'm sure there's a way we can maybe spookify it up a bit. But also, you know, since this is like old Europe, that's that's pr- yeah. why I thought of it. Man, I'm, I'm, I was just going to go classic hot chocolate, extra chocolatey, extra mm. hot but on top, that what's it's like the marshmallow whip. It's like Jet Whip or something. You know what I'm about? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that stuff on it because like it just marshmallows. You just get like chunks here and there. Now I want like a like a full layer on top. That's fair. Is there yeah. any like uh, you got any like pumpkin looking sprinkles on that Jet Whip or? Actually, uh... I crumble some graham crackers on top, so it's kind of like a okay, like a s'more almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. I like that. 
<laughs> I got might be my chaser to I try and bring like me down. Classic right. hot chocolate. <laughs> oh man! Right. Then it turned into a whole thing. Okay, guys. Well, <laughs> rate and review this show on Podchaser or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, whatever works for you. We appreciate it. The ratings help people find the show. Check out the show notes again for the playlist of this whole series. And remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.